Welcome to Had to Be There, the podcast that allows you to explore the world's greatest destinations through the stories of those who have been there. Here to ignite the wanderlust within, your host and favorite travel planner, Kelly Acevedo. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Had to Be There podcast, where we dive deep into the moments and places that shape our lives. I'm your host, Kelly, and this is episode 76. I am thrilled to be back after an unexpected week off. You know, sometimes life just throws migraines and really important family commitments at you all at the same time. Honestly, there just aren't enough hours in the day. But guess what? I am back, ready to roll, and I've got an amazing episode all teed up for you. This time around, we are sitting down with the incredible author, Laura Elizabeth, to explore the vacation spot that didn't just give her a break from her routine, but made a huge impact on her life. Trust me, this conversation is an absolute game changer. From unexpected twists to heartfelt revelations, Laura's story will leave you inspired, and pondering your own journey. But wait, that's not all, because I'm back with a bag full of exciting new episodes in the pipeline. We've got some thought-provoking interviews, captivating narratives, and a bunch of new surprises coming your way. So make sure to keep your podcast apps ready, because the Had to Be There podcast is about to take you to some extraordinary destinations. Remember, you can always stay connected and be part of the vibrant community we've started cultivating. Follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HadToBeThere203 for sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes moments, and more. Have a story to share or a burning question in your mind? Shoot me an email at podcast at hadtobethere.net or head over to my website, had to be there.net for even more travel inspiration, tips, guides, and more. Before we jump into our conversation with Laura, you know what time it is. It's time for your express pass to all things travel. Okay, 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 okay. So much news from the world. So hey, put your sound up. You know why. I think it's time for our weekly roundup. Weekly Welcome back to the Weekly Roundup, your express pass to the latest travel news and promos from Disney and beyond. I'm coming at you as your host and friendly neighborhood travel agent. So let's dive in to last week's highlights and get you up to speed. First up, get ready for some wallet-friendly enchantment. The four-day four-park magic ticket is back for just $99 a day. Snap it up before September 22nd, 2023, and unlock Walt Disney World's four iconic parks, each on a separate day, from now through September 29th. No reservations needed, just magic. Good news for foodies, dining reservations at Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts just got simpler. Discover all available slops sorted by meal periods for stress-free dining. These updates are rolling out soon, making your mealtime even merrier. Of course, when you book with an Academy travel affiliate like me, 
we wake up at the crack of dawn to score those dining reservations for you free of charge. So you don't have to worry your pretty little heads about this. Spectacular journeys await. Book your next adventure by December 29, 2023 and save up to $350 per person on select Adventures by Disney trips. It's the perfect time to create unforgettable memories from September 17th, 2023 through March 11th, 2024. Mark your calendars for August 30th, 11 a.m. Eastern Time and be a part of the virtual premiere as Disney Cruise Line unveils Unlocking the Disney Treasure. Adventure awaits on board Disney's newest ship. Explore the six ships, enchanting details, and exclusive features. I can't wait. Set sail and seize the seas. For Academy Travel clients, an exclusive treat awaits. Up to $100 onboard credit for any Royal Caribbean sailing. Enjoy sun-soaked adventures with added bonuses. So there you have it, your Express Weekly Roundup Fix. For more information on any of the things we talked about, be sure to connect with me at vacationsby underscore Kelly on Instagram or swing by hadtobether.net slash vacations to drop me a line. I'll be back next and every week with more travel news and promos from Disney and beyond right here on the Weekly Roundup. Amidst the tranquil embrace of coastal whispers lies a hidden gem kissed by the waves, a place where time's touch is gentle and the soul finds solace. The air dances with the scent of salt and stories as you stroll beneath canopies of ancient oaks, their branches weaving tales of days gone by. Gaze upon handcrafted treasures, each holding a piece of the island's heart. Serenity sways with the tide, where sunsets and sunrises brush the sky's canvas with hues that stir the heart. As you wander, letting the sand embrace your steps, you realize this is Dufusky Island. Welcome to the Had to Be There podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Definitely. I can't wait to hear your story. But before we get there, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about you? I sure will. Sure. Um, My name is Laura Elizabeth. I am currently residing in the Atlanta, Georgia area. I've lived in a lot of states up and down the eastern seacoast, and um, by day, I am uh, working in a healthcare consulting tax and audit firm, but by evening, I am an author, and I've recently published a mystery book and somewhat based on travel, so I'm excited to talk to you today about all those things. I love it. 
So growing up, did you have the opportunity to travel much? Were you exposed to travel at a young age? I actually was. Um, my mom loved to travel and um, my brother and I, my first plane trip was to Walt Disney World. Nice. Uh, we were living <laughs> in Massachusetts and it was not that long after uh, Disney opened in Florida. So we um, went there. But as a family, we traveled and then. Um, as we got older, we traveled to more exotic places. We went to, um, you know, some of the islands. We went to Bermuda and Cancun and Aruba and Hawaii. Nice. And um, we just always in the summer went on some vacation of some kind, at least for a week or so or more. So my mom always liked to experience new cultures and um, she thought it was really important to expose her children to it. And I was grateful for that experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Way to go, mom. Yeah, <laughs> you knew what to do. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, tell me first where it is that you're taking us today. This is my favorite topic. Um, so I am taking you to a tiny little island um, off of Hilton Head, South Carolina, um, in between Hilton Head, South Carolina and Savannah, Georgia. And the island is called Defusky Island. Amazing. So you've been here uh quite a number of times. <laughs> I have. <laughs> yes. It didn't start but, out that way, but yeah. <laughs> but I think it would be safe to say that your first experience is your had to be there moment. Completely 100% agree. It was um, just something I wasn't expecting and we weren't intending to go there, which is the irony of it, uh, of all. So you really, you know, it was very fortuitous that we ended up um, where we did. We were supposed to be going to the Grand Canyon as a family, uh -huh. uh, my husband, my two children, and we traveled, you know, it's because we both had parents who did that for us. And that's what we did for our children. And yeah. um, we were supposed to go. But we also had these two dogs that um, one was like a princess wrapped in brown fur. And <laughs> the other was a yellow lab who had been rescued and she couldn't go into a kennel. So a neighbor was Aww. going to be watching our um, dogs and mm -hmm. then she had a family emergency. And so we had to cancel the Grand Canyon and we just Googled where could we drive from where we were living, which was in the Richmond, Virginia area at the time um, that was pet friendly and a little bit lower key. And that's what we were looking for. And that's how we found Defusky. And we just, as we say, we YOLO'd it. You know, we were, like, <laughs> you know, no one yeah. we knew had been there. We hadn't seen it. We didn't know anything about it. Uh, we were recently uh, living in, Richmond, we had moved from Connecticut. So a lot of the barrier islands along the Atlantic in this area were um, unknown to us. And so we just didn't have a lot of experience, but it was transformational and we were glad we did it. Oh, amazing. So take us through that first experience and what it was like and what you felt and uh, all the all the details. <laughs> All the details. Uh, so we booked this trip and we didn't have very much time to plan for it, which was fine. Loaded up the car. 
we had rented a little cottage on what was then the resort property. And um, it was a two bedroom cottage. And so it was about an eight and a half ish hour ride down Route 95 um, mm-hmm. spring break. So it was warm in the south and we're piled into this car, the two dogs, two kids, all the stuff. And um we're driving and we're driving and then we're driving and more driving. <laughs> and we knew that we had to get to Hilton Head, the embarkation station. It is this island. It has no bridge. And so mm. we have to take a ferry and we were booked on a ferry. And so there was all this pressure to get there and get on the ferry. And of course, there's traffic and, you know, accidents. Sure. Dogs had to be let out and all of that. And so we peel into the embarkation station and (laughs) everyone is um, really not in a vacation mode at all. Right. um, We get out the, you know, we load up the bell captains, take your stuff, load it all into the ferry and we get on the boat. And um, I guess the the first inkling that this was going to be different was my son, who was about eight at the time, said, um, we're going to be back here many more times. And I said, um, yes, because the boat, you know, when we come back, we're, our car is here and the boat is here and this is where we're coming back. And he said, um, no, I, I think we're going to be we're going to come back here a lot more times. And I thought like, (laughs) that's interesting. And, um, so we took the boat ride. It's about a half an hour and, um, got there. And then we have to get on another mode of transportation to get from the boat, from the dock to the resort. So it had been, you know, the car, the boat, the trolley, the thing, you know, and driving down this road and, and it was very, um, it's very, not built up it's just like a land before time it looks like yeah. it left in a in a past generation and we we're like boy it's so interesting here with uh, the big oak trees and the their canopies and the spanish moss and palm trees and it was warm and you know the breeze was blowing and we're driving down the main road and we turn left into the resort property and we pass through what was at that time the gates into the resort and it was like i knew i just knew in that moment i had goosebumps it was like all the pieces of what I had been searching for, all the places I lived, all the places I had gone. It was like, this is the place. This is this magical, incredible, mysterious place that felt like this is now home. And so we describe life as before this trip, And after this trip, because it was like, this is it. It was so perfect to us. So um, it was very transformational. Oh, that's incredible. As you're talking, I was like, that that doesn't sound like a bad drive from here. (laughs) You can do it. Maybe we should check this out. (laughs) Definitely. I love that. It just sounds so like just quaint um you know are there were did you interact with many people who live there 
Yes. At the time, the resort that was there when we went there is no longer there. And um, that was almost the impetus for me writing the book that I ultimately did. But at the time, many of the uh, hotel workers were people who lived on the island and um, worked there. And um, that was neat. And just very friendly and welcoming and an immediate sense of community. But the thing that we loved about this was that there are, um, there's an iron work, like an iron art store there. There's a potter there, like people from within the community were um, artisans and retailers. And so we would, during the course of this week, go and meet people that were off the resort property. And it was like we had been there all of our lives. Like we were welcomed. We there was a little food truck at the time that would say, well, here's our menu. And there were a thousand things on the menu. It was a pretty limited menu. But they would say, well, if you don't want any of these things, we'll make any combination of these things. And I thought, it just feels like these are your friends. Like these are people that you'd want to know and want to be part of this community. So um, it did. It just felt like we had been there many, many times before. And it was so intuitive for my son to be like, we're going to come back here. It was like he had already felt it before we even I love so. that. Mm-hmm. Kids know. I feel like we should listen more to them. I know. <laughs> and we always laugh because these two crazy dogs that we had at the time, the one that was the princess at home, she was always working. You know, she would tell the people in the neighborhood, this is my house, you know, like that's my street. You know, she would let them know. And the lab, the yellow lab was like the one that would be welcoming everybody and it didn't matter who you were. She loved you from the moment she saw you. But when we got to this place, the, uh, the, the one that was the princess was like, I'm on vacation. You people can do whatever you want. <laughs> and the lab was a nervous wreck, like out of her helmet. Funny. <laughs> yeah. So everybody oh had some kind of reaction to being, you know, at this place. It was just yeah. really incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about this place, though. <laughs> I, like, you know, everybody felt that energy. It was amazing. Oh, and still to it. this day, all these years later, so this is, you know, 15 or so years later, every time I go, I still get goosebumps when I see the ferry, you know, when I'm on the ferry and we round the bend and I know the dock is coming, I still get goosebumps. I'm still <laughs> excited to go every single time I go there. I love it. Oh, my God. So how many times would you estimate that you've been able to go back? Jeez, um, (laughs) I don't even know. I mean, we ended up buying a piece of property um, on the island on that trip, which was. Wow. Yeah, it just and we you know, it was a sacrifice. It wasn't something that we just go places and buy property. We're right. <laughs> not how life is. <laughs> so, um, yes. So we we intended to build a house, um, but we didn't ultimately do that because the resort had gone. Uh, it went bankrupt. And um 
but we stayed in co- other cottages and I would say we've probably been there at least three or four times a year, um, wow. for all these years. And, um, there were times that we would stay several weeks at a time. So, um, and just soak up every single moment that we could possibly oh do. Incredible. You have a picture on your website of your favorite writing spot. And yes. I was like, oh man, that's, that's what's up. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is yeah. um, like you could go with some heavy things, you know, as life deals mm-hmm. you different cards and, and, and it's just the best description I could say for for me personally, for our family, is that you are restored after going to this place because the the tranquility and the peacefulness, the sense of community, um, just being part of something, but only as much as you want to be, you know, you yeah. can either find people to interact with or not you know there's plenty of quiet time there's just the beauty of nature this phenomenal sunsets it's like if you don't feel some sense of inner peace after time there like you just need more time there (laughs) (laughs) you just have to extend your trip you'll get there (laughs) definitely yeah so I wanted to ask, you know, why should people add this trip to their bucket lists? And I think you touched on it a little bit there. (laughs) Do you can you think of anything to add to it? Because that I mean, that's pretty persuasive stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, you know, it is a small little island and there isn't you know, there, there aren't the things there that if you're looking for like a traditional vacation, touristy type of vacation, this is not the spot. Right. So there isn't um, a grocery store. There isn't um, amusements like, you know, arcades mm-hmm. and miniature golf and all of those like traditional things. But if you're looking for a place with history, this is a place there. Um, Tefuski was a, a, a place where there were battles in the Revolutionary War. Wow. Um, yep. So, you know, there's, of course, a civil war connection there. There are, you know, there's people, there's a lot of Native American history on the Fusky. So there is a lot of historical um, importance and significance to the Fusky. There are a lot of water sports. So kayaking, Mm. canoeing, um, all of those things. If you're into bird watching, there fishing yes um beach combing yes reading yes um but the you know the other types of things that are you know what maybe people say in a part of a resort not so much so uh for us it was always the opportunity to have your family or the people you went with to yourself. And so we always felt that we would have, because we weren't competing against all these other things that you might have at home. It was the opportunity to really just be with your pack. And um, we would make our own adventures. We would do treasure hunts and scavenger hunts and um, 
all kinds of, you know, things on the beach and we'd have picnics on the beach. We have breakfast on the beach and we just make your own fun. And you remember why you love the people that are in your pack so much, you know, you're not just sometimes we need a reminder. (laughs) Sometimes you do. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Especially through like teenage years. (laughs) The had to be there podcast is brought to you by Vacations by Kelly, where your host becomes your travel agent. As a proud affiliate of Academy Travel, Kelly specializes in Disney destinations and can help with all non-Disney excursions worldwide as well. When you book with Kelly, you're getting much more than a travel agent. You're getting a personalized concierge-level travel partner. And the best part? Her services are completely free. It's true. So when you're ready to make your next travel dream a reality, Vacations by Kelly is ready to make it happen. Visit hadtobethere.net slash vacations to get started. I think it says a lot, though, that, I mean, your kids were young kids that first trip. And with nothing to keep them entertained, you know, they Mm -hmm. still were excited to go back. You know, that says that speaks volumes to me. Yeah. And I think because they knew they also had our undivided attention, you know, my, my kids are six years apart. And, um, so we really did have children in different phases of life. And, I'm a little bit type A, admittedly. So like we have to do something on vacation every, every day. Like you have to do at least one thing. And, um, so I would plan something that I would feel like, okay, I'd be satisfied if we did this, um, Mm -hmm. during the day. But one of our things that we always did was in the afternoon before dinner, like right before dinner, we would have what we would call cocktail hour. And I'd make like a cheese plate or, you know, some kind of snack and we'd have fizzy drinks of some kind. Um, And we would talk about our day. And then most of the times we would make dinner in the place that we stayed at um, with sometimes local things that we bought from a farm stand or, um, you know, sometimes fishing. We'd, you know, make our own dinner. And then in the evening we would go for what we would call a jaunt. And um, <laughs> even though we had been to so many of these places a million times, we would still find something to do like, you know, that we would see or explore or just check in on. And then we'd always play some kind of game. Um, and that was like the silliest times. My husband <laughs> is still trying to win at apples to apples. He's still, <laughs> he's been vetoed every game, but um, it was that they, we had those opportunities to have them without friends and sports and activities yeah. and all that. But they also had us without work and phones and now fiber optics there's a lot better internet is a lot better than it it was when we first started going there but we were um not sad that the tv didn't go on for you know a week and we would just find stuff to do and um everyone had an opportunity to say how about this or let's do that and we would just do it because you know, there weren't a thousand million choices to make friends. Right. So, you know, everyone had an opportunity to have a vacation the way they wanted it to be. So <sighs> there are just some incredible, incredible family memories. Oh, that's so nice. 
Do you have any tips that you would give to a first time visitor? Um, yes, I would say first, you have to be patient because you're on island time and um, you may not get a callback. You may not get you may, but you also may not. And so um, you just have to be patient um, with it. But now when you go to some of the main Defusky sites like um, Defusky Island Ferry and, and things like that, there's information there that makes it easy to kind of book the things that you want to do. Like you can get to places like VRBO and rent Defusky Rental Group and rent a cottage or people's homes or things like that. You can rent a golf cart. You can get your ferry transportation. It used to be after the resort went bankrupt between then and now you had to be sometimes a little creative to put all the components together. And um, you do have to recognize that you are going to a place without some of the conveniences of, you know, if you forget something, you can just go and get it at a target Mm -hmm. or, you know, you got to really be organized um, to pack. And so what I would do is, I mean, because we had been so many times, we got we had this like down to a science, but um, it'd have a grocery list of what we wanted to bring. I'd know things like orange juice or um, lemonade or things that we would be bringing would be our ice pack. So we'd freeze that and pack around it. Um, you know, we knew how much food we would eat, things like that. But um, it's like really think through what a typical day would be like if you're going to mm-hmm. go to the beach. What do you need to go to the beach and bring it? So, but you don't need as much stuff as you might think you do because, you know, you're there and you have a washer and dryer and you, you know, so you don't need fancy clothes. You can certainly bring them, but you don't need them and you don't need a lot of shoes and you don't need, you know, so you don't have to be bogged down with a ton of stuff, but you just have to be strategic about the stuff you do bring. That's a great tip. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) we will learn from your past mistakes. (laughs) I had that spreadsheet. I'm like, here's what we're bringing. And then the beginning, I would say, like, do you really need that extra Triscuit? Because, you know, are you really hungry for that Chips Ahoy? Put it back. (laughs) And then the last day or two, we're like, eat everything. Because, you know, yeah that's so funny (laughs) laura are you ready to play passport picks yes i am All right. So first of all, do you have any kind of running tally as to how many places you visited, how many states you've been to, countries, regions? Mm. Um, I did count at one time. I've been to 27 states, Um, not so many countries, Um, maybe four countries. All right. I think that's that's probably (laughs) yes. All right. Fair enough. So 
of all these places that you've been, do you have a favorite destination other than this one? Ah, yes, <laughs> I do. Um, hard though, because there are so many of them are favorites for different reasons. But sure. Um, in the totality, I think my next favorite place would be Nova Scotia. Ooh. So um, we went there many, many years ago and again stayed in a little like cabin. We went to White Point Beach and stayed at the resort there. And it was similar to this vacation from the fact that it's beautiful. It's in nature. I mean, crystal clear lakes, just phenomenally tall pine trees that just you were like a little, you know, no matter how tall you were, you were dwarfed by these, you yeah. know, giants. And um, it just was one of these places. The beach was just out of this world, beautiful. And so many places in Nova Scotia were just really, really peaceful. And I think that's ultimately what I'm looking for in a vacation is because life is busy and I live and I've lived in many cities um, up and down the Eastern seacoast. And um, I like to be away from the noise and the traffic and the people and you know, all of that. So Nova Scotia was very much like that too. And it was an adventure. It was a huge, big adventure, which satisfies me from like checking all those boxes of doing something. So <laughs> super Great fun. answer. <laughs> super fun. Highly recommend. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite travel experience that was unplanned and unexpected? Hmm. Unplanned probably would never happen for me. <laughs> I am the least spontaneous person. Um, uh, unexpected. Um, I'd have to say it was probably, this isn't super exciting, but it was fun nonetheless, was um, when we were very first married, we lived in Connecticut and um, we went to my husband's Christmas party and he had planned, I think it was a Friday night. And then he had planned two nights in Manhattan, which we were able to mm -hmm. um, go to, but I did not have, you know, I, I didn't know that that was what was happening. And so we had to go and, you know, buy clothes and do all that. And I had lived outside of Manhattan growing up. And so but to see it as an adult and, you know, to be there with my husband was just like, and Christmas time. So oh man, you know, Manhattan and Christmas time is just magical. Nothing like so. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And absolutely. I got to eat all the street pretzels that I wanted, which yes. is. <laughs> so, uh, That's a successful trip. <laughs> and the fact that I had to get out of like, you know, at eight o'clock, we're doing this and at nine o'clock. Right. It, it was a stretch for me personally. So we did have yeah. a time. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I get that because I'm a planner too. And it's really hard. My husband is a let's just wing it kind of person. Oh, gosh. So it is a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but other times when I'm able to like let go 
it, we always have such a blast. I, it's I so mean, much fun. It really is. I guess. Yes. It's <laughs> so hard to let go. You know. It really is. Yes. <laughs> so which destination, and I feel like I may have an inkling on this one, has had the best beaches? Well, um, hmm. although I loved, loved, loved the beach in Bermuda, um, I've been, I've been there on three different occasions, um, in three different points in my life. And the beach in Bermuda is beautiful. Um, Mm. and thoroughly enjoyed the pink sand and just the coarseness of the sand and, um, love that, but nothing compares to me to the beach on Defusky because of the solitude and you can literally look in any direction and really not see anybody on the beach and just have that to yourself, which is just phenomenal. Uh, So not an experience you're going to have in Bermuda. (laughs) No, (laughs) unfortunately as beautiful (laughs) as it is and it is, but, um, you know, we have also been to Aruba and, um, Mm. that was kind of a unique experience from the fact that, um, we were staying in a place that we had to take a boat to the beach. And so you kind of felt like you were going like on an adventure to the beach, but yeah, uh, you know, that was kind of a fun thing too. And one of the neat things there were there were parrots that would fly down from the um, palm trees and like, just be walking around on the beach. And that was like something that I hadn't ever experienced before. It was like, yeah, kind of cool that's kind of cool yeah something i say that from the comfort of my home i feel like i would actually be terrified (laughs) i had a my daughter was you know young and i'm like guarding her with my life even though there's no interest in us at all but um you know it just was something you wouldn't ever plan to see you know and that's what made it fun Um, yeah absolutely Is there anything still at the top of your travel bucket list? Yes. My top of my bucket list is since I've been in high school, I have wanted to go to the Greek islands. And um, so that is like something that I will do for sure. It's just getting that timing to do. It's just, that's a dream. That's my dream trip. So I get it. That's been like creeping up higher and higher on my list, too. (laughs) I get it. Yeah, Yeah, that is that's up there. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the island mysteries. So we know, obviously, where the inspiration came from (laughs) as far as the setting. But how did you come up with the the storyline and the plot and, you know, the story you wanted to tell? It's um, it's a funny story. It's um, so the resort went bankrupt, as I mentioned, and um, this was shortly after we bought our property so maybe 2008 and then ultimately it was purchased by another investor and mm. we were excited about that because we thought okay we'll let time for the dust to settle and maybe we'll be ready to start you know on our house and um that person also went bankrupt a few years oh, no. after that 
and it was a little soul crushing. Um, and so I spent many years trying to figure out doing, I call it forensic accounting. I don't think it technically is, but just trying <laughs> to figure out like all these deeds and land swaps and um, LLCs and all this stuff behind it. Like, how did we end up here? Not once, but twice. And mm. um, so I felt like I had a, I mean, all information in the public domain, like I felt like I had a pretty good understanding of what may have happened. And then in COVID, during COVID, while people were baking sourdough and, you know, doing all these things, I decided that my COVID project was going to be like enough of waiting around for something to happen. I was going to try and make something happen. Now, I don't work in hospitality. I don't work in construction. I'm not an investor. Um, so I actually have no experience or expertise at all. <laughs> you know, these things that you need to have to do this. But I had an idea of what a good resolution to this would be. And that idea got shot down pretty quickly. And so I needed another idea. And so I thought of developing a pitch deck that was going to be one side would be a sustainable model of a resort and one would be a traditional model of resort. And I would just start essentially cold calling people to see if they knew people or knew, were interested in talking about it. And I use LinkedIn and um, as hard as this is to believe, many, many people responded to a message asking them to connect with me. And many did. Some didn't, but many did. And um, I ended up talking to people about this resort and tried to explain to them that, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. I don't work for anybody. I'm not compensated in any way. All I'm hoping is that I can connect people to um, make get the right people in the room to figure out what how to help this resort get back on. Yeah. And um, so eventually a buyer was found. We did site visits with people. People flew in from different parts of the country. I mean, it is like the wildest, almost unbelievable thing that could ever, I couldn't even believe it was happening. And I was <laughs> on the phone, like um, found an operator that was interested in the property. And um, anyway, I connected with an, a colleague that I went to college with and he's like, well, what have you been up to? And I said, oh, we, he also knew my husband. We went to school together. Um, I said, we, we lived here. We've done that. We, you know, we've all these things. And he said, oh, well, you know, that's really interesting. Um, I told him about the project and he said, well, I just wrote a book and uh, but he actually had like a really important story to tell. He's a two time cancer survivor and he wrote a very inspirational book about how to mentally prepare yourself to go through cancer at two different phases of your life. And so he said, let me introduce you to my publisher. Maybe he'd be interested in this story. And I thought, um, well, I wasn't planning on writing a book. And so I can't imagine that this story compares to your story. You know, like you have like a actual real thing that you've done. <laughs> and so um, 
Anyway, he did connect me and um, the publisher said, you know, it's a great story, but you are an unknown and you did this project anonymously. And um, so you don't have any like social media. It'd be a very hard nonfiction story to sell. So sure. um, how about a fiction story? You know, you can try your hand. And he's like, I'm not promising you anything. You know, we are either going to say you can write this whole book, whatever genre you want. You talk to me about mystery because mysteries are one of my favorite genres to read. But he said, you know, we we one of three things is going to happen. We're either going to say thanks, but no thanks. Um, we're going to say thanks, but needs a lot of work or mm -hmm we'll give you a contract. And so I was like, well, I wasn't intending on writing a book, but now I want to write a book more than anything ever. So um, <laughs> I um, said I would write this book and we checked in periodically and I submitted the manuscript at the end of October after a weekend of finishing it in my favorite writing spot. And um it was about two, two and a half weeks, something like that later that he emailed me and said, um, we'd like to publish the book. And then we talked about it being a series. And oh. so I was like, I honestly couldn't even believe like how lucky I am that this actually happened. It was to be able to tell the island story in a way that's wrapped around some of the things that are the most important to me about this place, community, you know, yeah. reinventing yourself, uh, being restored in that way where people felt a connection to the characters that had been developed and that, you know, they wanted to know more about was the thrill of a lifetime. Like to have it be about this place, yeah. it just was such an incredible gift. So um, it was really just like one of the best days. I just got so emotional about it. I just met you. I got so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. It's the funniest thing. I was at um, a work conference and I was supposed to be doing this presentation and people were like, you're so animated about this presentation. And I'm like, um, not really. <laughs> you know, it's this whole other thing that's going on. You know? Yeah. You know? It just was like winning the lottery, Christmas, your birthday, all wrapped into one. And to finally yeah. see it. So that was like November. And um, to see it in my hands in, you know, like the April, May time frame, um, having been edited and have the cover and, you know, to, to actually have a proof in my hands was the most incredible thing. Like it just, I can't even describe how, like, I really felt like it was just, I was so lucky to be able to tell the story this way. And then, you know, to continue to be able to tell it about different adventures of this core group of people on the island, yeah. like just an incredible gift. Ugh, I love it. So book one is out. Yes. Do we know how many installments we may be able to expect? Uh, we've talked about maybe six or seven. Um, wow. So I'm working on book two right now. And Amazing. I just love, I love the core group of characters so much. Like I, they're like, 
I can really envision them as like real people in my life. And I love them, you know, so much like, like friends that I've always had. So, um, I've been asked, am I a plotter or a pantser? And I thought those were really technical writing terms. And so I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, because I'm not a, an author, but really what it means is like, do you plot out your story or do you fly by the seat of your pants? And so as much of a control freak as I am, I am a pantser. I like sit down wow. or it comes to me about what's happening next. So um, oh, I love that. So that's like, I let the characters talk to me, like what they want to say and how they want to interact with each other. So the downside of that, if somebody tells me, oh, a character like might want to say things that way, I'm like, no, because I already know, like, I know these people, like, right, this is how right. they're going to say it. So yeah, they wouldn't say it like that. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not always great, but um, I feel very strongly about them and their place on this island and the message they're trying to deliver about how special a place it is. I love it. I cannot wait to read all six or seven. Yes. <laughs> Laura, tell me where we can find you. How can we connect? Where can we buy this book? Um, the book is available on um, Amazon and it is called All Is Now Lost. It is book one in the Island Mystery series. Um, it is also on Barnes and Noble. And um, I have a website that has all of my events and um, places that I'm going, which there in the next couple months are quite a few, but um, the website is theislandmysteries.com. And I am also on Instagram. My handle is theislandmysteries. So um, those are the easiest ways, but some people have reached out and asked if I'll do a book club um, with them love that. I've done a couple of them. They are so much fun, like talking to people about like, you know, what they think about the book or um, the characters or who their favorite yeah. was. And I've met a decent number of people. There's only been a handful of thought that they were on to who, um, who, was the uh, criminal in the um, oh, mystery, which I love. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So. Mm -hmm. I will include links to all of the things in the episode show notes so that people can buy your book, lots of copies of it, and <laughs> follow you. you in your journey. And I hope that you'll come back once you finally make it to the Greek islands. Oh, yes, definitely. 100%. <laughs> can only imagine those adventures. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about them. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show your support is to rate or review us on whatever platform you're listening. And if this episode left you feeling like you just had to be there, reach out to Kelly to start planning an adventure of your own. Don't forget to follow us at HadToBeThere203 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And visit our website, www.HadToBeThere.net. Until next time, get out there and make your own Had To Be There memories.